Welcome to the second episode of the Mile High Fight Show, where we break down the latest in the fighting world. Here with my co-host Enrique Cisneros, I'm Ryan Marinholtz, and let's uppercut right into this. We step into the octagon to face one of our toughest opponents yet, UFC 275. So the headliner here, the light heavyweight championship between Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prohashka. Uh, can't speak highly enough about this fight. It was so fantastic. Uh, Yuri Prohashka wins his first championship and earns the belt after submitting Glover Teixeira in the fifth round at four minutes and 32 seconds just before it went to decision. Uh, the fight was a thrilling back and forth between the two with Yuri showing impressive grappling skills as well as his signature violent striking style and Glover showcasing great power in his hands and landing a lot of good strikes while being as proficient as ever as a grappler. Uh, Prohashka becomes a champion after only his third UFC fight and the fight, of course, earned fight of the night from the UFC. Uh, this was so much fun, Enrique. It was, I thought it was going to be a good fight, but I also thought it was going to be a quick fight. Um, and I think we both predicted Yuri to end up taking it uh, as an early knockout um, or that Glover would uh, submit him early, potentially. Um, but, you know, neither of those things came true. And uh, I think I, I am amazed at how Yuri came out with his grappling skills. He seems way improved from his first two fights. Um, when not only did he hang in there, but he was competitive against Glover, who is a proven good grappler in the UFC and has been for a very long time. Um, and so, you know, both of them had their strikes in. There was plenty of moments where Glover looked dominant in this fight as well. Um, but Yuri really, really putting up a show uh, for everyone. And uh, yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. Yeah, I was, I mean, it was a super blessed night to be able to watch the fights with you and be able yes, to do this live reaction right afterwards. Um, and I mean, yeah, and you said it last night. I truly think that this is the fight of the fight of the year so far. Yeah. Um, Yuri Prohashka and Glover Teixeira really put on um, a masterclass last night. And uh, and it was a good night of fights altogether. But to round it out with that was absolutely amazing. I think Yuri had the perfect game plan coming into this fight i mean obviously glover had a game plan very similar to what we thought he was going to have he did shoot a lot of takedowns but shout out to henry cejudo for being able to get yuri uh trained up for these takedowns and get yuri trained up for the ground game because yuri was effective in the ground game and you know before i forget to talk about henry cejudo and give credits to triple c um like i did last episode i'll give him right away right at the beginning of it because he's been able to coach world-class athletes and fighters and get them to use wrestling in a manner that's easy for them to actually apply in the fights. And I think that's what we saw with Yuri Prohoshka with uh, Glover Teixeira. He was able to, um, and, you know, obviously we haven't seen a lot of Yuri wrestling in the UFC, but, you know, he did come from an organization where he did have uh, lots of fights before that. And, you know, Yuri hasn't been known as a wrestling or a grappling guy, but he looked like a wrestling or a grappling guy out there last night. He looked proficient in the area. Um, I'm very interested to see at light heavyweight who can challenge Yuri Prohoshka because I think he has a very good combination, especially if he continues to work with Henry Cejudo. Um, he has a very good combination of size for the weight class, power 
in his hands and his and his uh his legs and he's just a very violent striking style and he kept that with him the whole fight he he never stopped throwing knees and elbows and you know he was throwing like you know uh 12 to 6 elbows you know which is um very very well known um to be used by john jones um it's kind of like a, a reverse elbow um and yeah he was throwing knees all all night you know he was throwing flying knees yuri Prosko was just a wild man and he ended up uh getting catching glover in a, a rear naked with 30 seconds left in the fight and um you know for our fans that may not be as in-depth with the UFC, um, they ended up releasing the scorecards, the judges' scorecards for the fight afterwards. And if the fight would have went 30 more seconds and went to the decision, Yuri Pohoska would have lost the fight. Two judges wow. had Glover Teixeira up um, two rounds. Wow. So Glover, Glover would have won the fight by decision. So if that doesn't add any more to the drama Yuri sunk that submission in with 30 seconds left in the fifth and final round to win himself the belt um in an all-time classic light light heavyweight championship fight and props to kudo uh props and kudos to glover and for Yuri. uh they both left it all out there last night and uh thank god that glover six is going to continue to fight because i'm not saying i wasn't a glover fan before this but I'm a huge Glover Teixeira fan now. I'm, I'm ride or die for Glover. Um, not only is he a great guy, a great champion, um, and I'm so proud of him for winning the belt at 42 years old and not not going out. And I, he continued to do what he had done to win the belt. Every single time I've underestimated Glover Teixeira in his run up to the belt um, and including the championship fight for the belt, I've underestimated him and thought he was going to lose every single time. And he's always won. And in this time, I underestimated him again because I'm such a big fan of Yuri Prohoshka. But he rose to the occasion and almost put Yuri out multiple times. There was multiple times where Yuri looked stunned. There was multiple times where Glover had him in full mount and it was just raining shots on him. It was, um, it was a beautiful night for Glover Teixeira. And even though... The night didn't go that way for him. He should not be any uh, any lesser thought of as a champion because he really he really put on a show last night. But but props to my man Yuri Prohoshka for getting that rear naked choke and um, ending it for us. So and I, I mean I I was ecstatic to see Yuri win. It was it was it was an awesome night. So um, yeah, it was just. What a main event! Like, just what a main event! I cannot talk enough about. I could, I could probably talk about the main event for an hour and a half just by itself. It was so good. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's going to be one that's going to be replayed quite often. Um, and yeah, fantastic fight. Uh, certainly, uh, the start. Well, not the start, but the third fight of a great career coming up for Yuri Prohashka, now first-time champion. Um, and Glover did not retire. He said he'll keep going. So who knows? Maybe we can get a number two of this fight. That might be pretty fun. Um, yeah, um, I think um, oh, I think Glover asked for it already. Oh, did he? Oh, that I, I need that. He, straight yep, into my I think, injected. I think he I think he asked for it, um, and I could see it happening. I think the next fight for Yuri will probably be Jan. Um, mm-hmm. But. 
the other thing that you have to remember is, um, you know, John Jones is not in that division anymore, you know? Right. So you don't have, um, you don't have that lurking threat of John Jones. Um, Jan can get it, um, which would be a great fight. Um, but after that, like, I don't know. I'd probably like to see Alexander uh, Rockick, uh fight him next. Um, but yeah, I, I would take Jan or um, I would take Jan or Glover again. Um, after the fight, Yuri had saw Jan in the crowd, and Jan started talking shit to him. And Yuri blew him a kiss and said, "I love you, Jan. Hmm. Let's uh, we'll 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 talk in the cage." And I just thought that was like. I don't know. I just thought that shit was cold-blooded, dude. I just thought that shit was cool. Like, like he blew that food a kiss. Like, that shit's hilarious. It just... I don't know. It, he already is so cool to me in general. Yuri Prohoshka, that is. Um, and it just adds to, like, the coolness of him that he's, like, starting to talk shit now. So... Um, right. And I loved, I loved his uh, post-fight interview as well. He was... I don't always like when a fighter doesn't give themselves kudos because I think what they do is amazing. Um, anybody that gets in there like amateur, um, you know, non-ranked ranked in the big promotions, not in the big promotions. If you get in there and you fight another human being, um, yeah, you're a badass. Like even the guys that just train really hard and spar like that shit's crazy. And you guys should be applauded for it. Um, but yeah, like Yuri went out after his, um, after the fight and, you know, he said that it wasn't a good fight by him and he's going to work harder and do better. And I love to hear that, um, especially from a young champion. I mean, this is his third fight in the UFC and he's the champion of the light heavyweight division. So I think he has a very long uh, future ahead of him and I'm hoping that I can be around to, uh, just watch him. Watch him put on these great fights because three fights into his UFC career, every single one has been amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, I almost come out of – well, not come out of nowhere, just come out of nowhere to me because I don't know anything. But, yeah, I mean, it's been fantastic to see him. Um, and he has firmly planted himself uh, in the conversation there in the uh, light heavyweight champion – or in the uh, division there, obviously now being the champion of it um, at only three fights in. So – yeah, just crazy. And then uh, the co-main event for this card here, the Women's Flyweight Championship between Taylor Santos and Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko defeats Taylor Santos by split decision to retain the championship belt. Uh, Santos did put up a formidable fight. Uh, she landed some good strikes and got some takedowns uh, and held the majority top control in the fight. However, uh, Valentina was just too much in the end, and she landed combo after combo throughout the five rounds. Uh, and ends up taking it in decision. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I told you this last night. It's like, she just looks, Valentina, she looks like a robot out there in the sense that like, she looks like the Terminator just stomping down, like going right towards the enemy and uh, shooting to kill. You know what I mean? Like just, it's absurd to watch her fight. Uh, she's very talented. Um, and Taylor Santos uh, like we talked about last week, neither of us overly familiar with her as a fighter, but she really did put up a fight um, and obviously makes it uh, or lets it go the distance a uh, whole 25 minutes, um, but unfortunately loses it by decision. Uh, and I, I very much thought that that was the right decision uh, by the judges there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, 
Um, the first thing I want to say about this fight is I definitely want to apologize to uh, to Leah Santos for not being familiar with her because now I'm I'm a big fan. She gave Valentina Shevchenko a much harder fight than I could have predicted. Obviously, um, she made me sound like a fool on the last podcast. So, um, and I'm 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 so grateful for it. I love learning about new fighters, um, and now she'll forever kind of be a part of my fighter lookout guide um, because of this. She really did take Valentina all the way to. It was a split decision, and uh, I was worried. I was I was one thousand percent worried. 1,000% worried. I, I could have seen it going either way. There was times where I thought uh, Valentina looked very dominant. Um, and like you said, you know, was putting together combos perfectly. And, you know, her timing and her rhythm is always on point. Um, and then there's times, especially when Santos would be able to take her down almost at will, um, there's times where I thought Santos... And, I mean, validly, she almost choked her out a few times. You know, she had her yeah. in submission uh, danger. Um, a few different times in that fight, and I've never seen Valentina in that position. I've never, you know, this is the first time that she's lost a round um, since she lost against Amanda Nunes the second time. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's been a very long time since Valentina Shevchenko has been tested um, to this ability, um, but, you know, that's why she's a champion, and that's what she talked about afterwards as well, that she was just so grateful to have an opponent that didn't give up in the first minute or two or, or in the first or second round. She was so grateful just to have an opponent that gave it her all, that tested her to be her best. And, um, you know, obviously Valentina is a class act and, you know, everybody world. I don't know anyone that doesn't love Valentina Shevchenko. Um, if you know MMA and you know women's MMA, then you should know about Valentina Shevchenko and you probably love and adore her and, she continued to show why she's such a dominant champion. This was this was her seventh title defense, um, and every single time the uh, champion defends their belt, they add a new ruby to their championship. Um, there's like a small plaque on the on the belt that they add a ruby to, um, and Shevchenko will be if she's able to get an eighth title defense, she'll be the first one to fill up that little eight-sided uh, plaque on her belt and she'll have to move to the other side, which is, oh wow, you know, yeah. So um, seven title defenses as a champion is very, very impressive. And I'm very excited to see who the next title challenger is. I personally think it's probably going to be Misha Tate, um, depending on how Misha Tate's fight goes. Um, I think she's fighting in July sometime. Um, she might, she might be fighting in June, but I think it's, I think it might be on the July 2nd card. Um, I think you're right. It's, I with, think it's the um, next big card, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, that is the next big pay-per-view, um, is the, you know, Jared Cannonier Israel Adesanya championship fight and the trilogy between Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. Yes, sir. Um, you know, so, and obviously, um, the mile high fight show will be breaking down and doing a post reaction to that uh, card as well, which I mean, that's going to be one of the ones that I'm just, I'm so excited for. I'm just excited to get to July for that fight week um, in general. So, uh, but yeah, back to Valentina and Talia Santos. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very admirable fight from Talia Santos, but 
Valentina was able to um, just get the just get the edge there. And I'm not sure what it was that really gave her that edge because I, if I'm being honest with you, I thought Santos had put Shevchenko in danger more times than Shevchenko put her in danger. And I think a big turning point in the fight was the collision of heads as well that um, broke Tilia Santos's orbital um, and that she has to get surgery for. They announced that after the fight as well. So I think that was a big turning point in the fight. Um, obviously, when your face literally gets broken in the middle of the fight, it's going to you know, change things up for you. So the fact that that happened, um, I think, did affect Talia Santos in a major way. Um, but Valentina Shevchenko also had to be cognitive enough, and, um, and obviously she's a fucking assassin, to start targeting that eye and start targeting that side of the face. And she did. And I think it uh, rattled Santos enough. And, you know, obviously you're in pain in general. Um, and I know adrenaline helps with a lot of that stuff, but you know, when your face is actually broken and someone's kicking and punching you in it, um, you can't see out of that eye. That girl's incredibly dangerous and has tons of power in all of her limbs. And so I'm sure Julia Santos was just, hanging on for dear life the last two rounds. And um, yeah, Valentina just does what Valentina does every single time. She's an amazing champion. And I've been so lucky to uh, watch her fight. And she even fought here at Denver once. So it's even better. We love to see it. And yeah, I mean, we love to see her take another win there. We love to see it be competitive, like you said. And um, yeah, that's very humble of her talking about, um, you know, being grateful for uh, having an opponent that will push her to her limits and which, cause it's true. It, it, I say humble and it almost sounds like a brag because she's like, I'm so much better than who I faced that it's not even a challenge, but the fact that she's uh, grateful about it and just the way that she said that, like, yeah, uh, you'd love to see that. And uh, good for Talia Santos. And uh, like you said, for us that uh, didn't know her name, she certainly made her name last night. Um, and we'll be uh, interested to see to uh, see how her career goes forward. Uh, and then our next fight here, Enrique's main event, uh, women's straw weight between Wei Zhang and Ioana Yatsechik. Uh, this fight looked to be another great one, just like the first matchup between these two, and it certainly delivered as Wei Zhang defeats Ioana Yatsechik by KO in round two by way of a spinning back fist to the head. Uh, Yedzechik looked solid in round one and fought well, but Whaley was the better fighter in the octagon. And then after the fight, Joanna gave an impassioned speech and left her gloves in the octagon, announcing her retirement. Uh, congrats, uh, congrats to a legend in Joanna Yedzechik uh, on her retirement. Yeah, this was a fun uh, fight to watch. It would have been the best fight of the night, if not for the main event. Uh, uh, you know, just a solid competitive bout, at least while it lasted. I thought, like, Weili Zhang was clearly better, but I thought Joanna stood her ground um, and was tough, but Weili just, like, got her on that. Like, she was just, uh, I can't even remember, like, had Joanna landed a couple strikes and Weili was turned around, and then she just, uh, like, and her back was to Joanna, and she's whipped around and spinning back fist right to the face, and then that ended it. Yeah, I mean... That's essentially what happened. Um, Whaley was like almost like recovering. She was turned around and um, just hit her with that fucking knockout 
spinning back fist to nasty. fucking nasty, 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 nasty. Put Joanna Jojenchik on a t-shirt. Um, it was crazy. She was literally sprawled out. She, it was, it was crazy. Um, Weili Zhang is an absolute monster for it. Um, she is the tenth fighter ever to record a spinning back fist knockout, um, oh, yeah. and she is the first woman to ever do it. So, shout out Weili Zhang. And even more so, what's impressive is there's not a lot of fighters, especially in the women's divisions, that you see get knocked out like that. And especially in such a violent, just straight, like, boom, knocked out um, yeah. fashion. So the fact that that's what we got to see last night from, um, you know, I mean, those are 115-pound women, you know. So it's um, it's very, very crazy that Weili Zhang is so physically strong. Um, and she just offers such knockout power. And that's one thing that Yoana Yonjekchek talked about was how physically strong Weili Zhang was um, in comparison to the last fight. She said that Weili was much stronger. And she uh, she kudos and credits a lot of that to Henry Cejudo um, because Weili Zhang has been working with Henry um, since her last fight. And she's just physically stronger. Um, you know, she has the technique of a wrestler now. Um, and she's always been an elite striker and had the power to back that up. But now she can take the fight where she wants to take it or get up when she wants to get up. So um, I think that's the biggest benefit that she really has is that she could dictate the pace and where the fight goes. And I think she did that throughout the whole thing um, until she caught Joanna with that fucking spinning back fist from hell. So, um, yeah, it was just a great fight altogether. And I just cannot wait to, um, see who Whaley fights next. Absolutely. Yeah. Heck of a fight. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you never want to see, uh, somebody like you want to go out like that of, of an unfortunate knockout for her. Um, but you know, I, I think it's probably time. Uh, she did it the right way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just a great fight overall. I think exactly what we were hoping for uh, when we saw that on the card there. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Like you can for sure see the development of Weili Zing physically over the last couple of years. And I think um, to your point, and you gave him a little bit of love earlier, uh, but Henry Cejudo, man, think about his life and career and the fact that like at almost every step. I mean, I'm not familiar with his young, young life, but as far as his career, you talk about like his Olympic record, gold medalist, and then you come into the UFC, you're a champion, retire. And then now, not a year after his retirement as a UFC champion and UFC legend, really, he's, he has his name in the conversation with multiple different fighters that are going for high profile, if not championship fights, like high level fights in their divisions and being uh, an impact on what they're doing on the map. And you talk about Yuri Prohoshka uh, and, and uh, you know, a few different fighters now. Like, I feel like we've been talking about him a lot. I just find it interesting how consistently dominant uh, he seems to have been uh, and continues to be. And just got to shout out him one more time here. Yeah, dude, his roster of um, athletes that he's helped is phenomenal. I mean, he's helped the Korean Zombie get ready for Alexander Volkanovsky. 
obviously Yuri Pahashka get ready for Glover Teixeira, Weili Zhang get ready for uh, Joanna. And, you know, I would imagine Weili's probably going to double up and get uh, his help with Carlos Barza next. Um, so he's, you know, he's got athletes that he's helping fight for championship belts and he's helping them win championship belts now. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was a two-time, two-division, um, you know, UFC champion. He Olympic gold medalist when he was young. So, yeah, Henry Cejudo really just has um, – he's had an illustrious UFC and wrestling career, um, and he's continuing to make himself a career being a coach now. So, um, yeah, shout the fuck out to Henry Cejudo. Um, I actually met him um, when – UFC Denver was here. Um, he was right outside. I met him twice, uh, once outside and then once inside. And I didn't take a picture with him because I didn't know who he was. But now, obviously, everyone <laughs> does. And I regret not taking a picture with him. But I did shake his hand. And I watched his rise all the way up to winning both belts. Um, you know, beating, you know, Wilson Hayes, beating, you know, Sergio Pettis, beating, you know, just so many guys, uh, Ray Borg. Um, you know, Demetrius Johnson, just so many guys, TJ Dillashaw, um, he knocked out TJ Dillashaw, um, in Brooklyn to win his second belt. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was a very, very beautiful thing. He literally saved the flyweight division, um, because, you know, there was talks of the UFC cutting it and the UFC cut a bunch of guys from that division, um, in general. And so without Henry Cejudo beating Demetrius Johnson, uh, more than likely that division gets wiped out and then we don't get to see Davidson Figueroa and all these guys fight, you know, which Davidson Figueroa guess who his wrestling coach is Henry Cejudo. So it's, um, it's a beautiful thing altogether and you love to see other fighters help out other fighters. Um, and that's, you know, what you want to check is going to get into um, after her fights, her fighting career is over. She talked about it. Um, and she had a, just a beautiful post fight speech, um, about how she loves life and she's so happy to retire and, um, she's not sad. She's sad right now because obviously the emotions of losing a fight, um, you know, especially in a devastating way like that, um, you know, but she said, honestly, she said, but before she even hit the canvas, she knew that she got knocked out. She was awake. She was aware. So. She's very happy. She said she was going to go eat pizza and dance. And she's excited to go, you know, have a life now. She's been a UFC champion for Joanna is the longest reigning featherweight champion, you know, so um, or strawweight champion. I'm sorry. Um, she's the greatest strawweight ever. Um, Joanna champion is like she she was one of the women that, you know, I watched when I was getting into the UFC and. I'm so blessed to be able to watch her and all of her fights and I wish her nothing but the best. And, you know, she's definitely going to still be around. She even asked Rose to train, to train with her too. So yeah. Uh, shout out to Joanna. Congrats on an illustrious career. And yeah. Absolutely. All right. And then, so our next fight would have been a men's flyweight between uh, Rogerio Bontorin and Manuel Cape, but unfortunately that got canceled. Uh, but in return, we got a welterweight bout between Jake Matthews and Andre Fialho. Uh, so Jake Matthews takes this one by knockout two minutes into round two 
as he dominated the striking in the match and really looked fantastic. Yeah, Jake Matthews is one of my favorite fighters. Um, he's an up-and-coming young guy from Australia. Um, you know, and I mean, I cannot say enough about Jake Matthews. I've seen Jake Matthews win. I've seen him lose. But every single time he improves, um, this is the best he's looked in his UFC career by far. Um, and I mean, he's put on some exciting fights for sure, but he was very methodical. He didn't rush any of his strikes. Um, he's very strong, very powerful with everything that he was throwing. Um, he was very accurate as well. And yeah, I mean, and I, and you know, I've seen, um, I've seen Andre Fialho fight before as well. And so I thought this was going to be a very, you know, very broad back and forth fight, but Jake Matthews really went out there and, um, you know, I'm not saying that Fialho didn't have his moments, but um, Jake Matthews definitely just kept the gas on him at all times and was very steady in regards to um, trying to get him out of there. And he was able to um, very quick, fairly quickly in the second round. So, um, yeah, shout the fuck out to Jake Matthews. I'm so happy to see him um, winning and getting back to his winning ways. Um, you know, cause I haven't seen Jake Matthews fight for a little while now. So it's, it's very nice to see him fight. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked for that win, dude. This whole, the whole fight card was just so good in general. There's just huge knockouts all over. And yeah, I was just the Jake Matthews, uh, winning by knockout just added to uh, an already great night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sucks to lose. We lost a couple fights on this card. You talked about uh, Whitaker versus Vittori as well. Uh, but luckily, we get at least one replaced here and get Jake Matthews in it uh, versus Andre Fialho. Uh, that was certainly a solid one. Uh, always cool to see Jake Matthews, like you said, a uh, fan of his. Uh, yeah. And then our next fight here, another men's welterweight bout between Jack Della Maddalena versus Ramazan Amiv. And uh, Jack Della Maddalena defeats Ramazan Amiv by TKO in round one. Uh, Jack looked good in striking before getting caught in an anaconda choke by Amiv, but after he escaped that, he was able to drop Amiv and then finish him. Um, and yeah, I mean, two, uh, we talked about this in the preview, kind of two different styles of fighting, similarly to the main card where you have a primarily grappler wrestler in Amiv and then a primarily striker in Maddalena. Um, and in this case, you see both styles, you know, Amiv almost gets his uh, submission, but uh, Madalena was able to escape it and then able to catch him with a hook and a combo and um, then put him down and, uh, you know, start wailing at him and got the fight stopped. So a good win for him and uh, certainly a, a rising talent. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just like the... The amount of good fights on this card is insane, right? Like, it's like I and I know that this was like a big fight card in general, um, and we talked about it and we were hyped about it, and you know we both said that you know this uh, this card was gonna have some sleepers on it, but it seems like every single fight delivered. Um, yeah. You know that there was there was just crazy knockouts all over, um, and yeah, I've just. Ah, yeah, the, the whole fire just top to top to bottom was so good. Um, I was just, I'm just so impressed by every single one of these fights. It, it's, it really is ridiculous to me how impressive, um, 
how impressive everyone's looked, you know, like even uh, some of the guys on the losing side of things um, looked impressive. And yeah, I just, I love this whole fight card so much. It's just, it, it was such a good fight card. I totally agree. And speaking to that point, um, my prelim honorable mention for this card, because, uh, you know, we've mostly focused on the main card and we're trying to uh, expand a little bit for this show. We're at least going to give you uh, a couple of prelims uh, that we liked. And uh, for mine, I, I thought there was a perfect example of what you just said is even outside of the main card, uh, you got bangers and you got even on the losing side fighters that uh, looked really good and, and delivered a good fight. Um, and so I liked uh, the card or the uh, fight that was right before the main card, uh, which was Sung Woo Choi versus uh, Joshua Kalibau. Uh, and I think I pronounced both of those wrong, so apologies. But uh, just before the main card kicked off, Joshua, uh, Joshua Kalibau defeated Sung Woo Choi uh, via split decision. Kalibau dominated early, landing heavy damage and knockdowns on Sung Woo Choi, but Choi was able to hang on in the fight and remain competitive. Uh, and he won the third round, in my opinion, with some top control and submission attempts, uh, but wasn't quite enough to get him to win. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that Kalibau looked like the better fighter throughout the fight and then did end up winning it by split decision. But uh, like you were talking about, it was a, a good performance from both. And Troy, I was impressed with because of the um, fight to stay in there. It almost reminded me of the Korean zombie fight where he was just getting beaten up, like not even to the level of beaten up like that fight was, but he was getting beaten up by uh, Kalibau and he just kept going and kept coming, um, kept getting strikes in, kept getting uh, takedowns, uh, started trying to get some uh, submission attempts. Uh, he, you know, he, he tried his best and he, he uh, in my opinion, won that third round, but yeah, it just wasn't enough in the end, but a good fight overall. Yeah, I mean, I, and I have to agree for sure. Um, although this this uh, prelim card lacked like the normal name talent that you might see on a UFC prelim card, uh, a lot of these guys are, you know, very close to the region of Singapore. And, you know, when the UFC puts on an international show, um, they like to try to bring fighters from around the region. Um, so you might not be familiar with all of these guys. But, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think that this was the prelim fight of the night. I thought it was a very competitive fight back and forth. Um, I, I, I thought both guys landed big shots. Both guys, you know, whiffed on big shots. Um, and obviously, like, you know, my boy got the, the dub at the end there. Um, and, yeah, it was just a very entertaining fight from beginning to end. So I definitely will be um, – I'll definitely be looking out for both of these guys. Joshua Joshua Kalibo could be um could be a rising guy depending on um if he's able to fix some of the things that um Sang was able to hit him with some of these like very open shots. Um he looked good and yeah, he if he just keeps working on his craft, he can start climbing up the ranks a little bit and start fighting some of the um you know, ranked guys and you know, that's what everybody wants, right? So um, yeah, but this was a good way to start out because this was an exciting enough, uh, exciting enough fight to, um, yeah, I mean, it's both of our featured or both of our pick for the featured prelim. So, um, I agree. And even the UFC booked it last on the fight card because, or at least on the prelim fight card, because 
it was the most exciting one. So, and I think, I think it delivered for sure. So yeah, it would have to be my pick as well. And um, yeah, just like I said, dude, this whole car top to bottom has been so fucking amazing. I can't even, uh, I can't even like put it into words sometimes how just stacked and, um, and I mean, top, top heavy for sure. The, the card was top heavy for sure with Glover and Neary and Joanna, all those guys fighting on later night in the pay-per-view, but there was good fights, good knockouts throughout the whole night. Um, and those are the UFC cards that I enjoy the most is when I'm watching them in the prelims and I'm like, dang, there was crazy knockouts in the prelims. So how are these fights going to be? How are these main event fights going to be? And um, the main event and the co-main event and, you know, the uh, Enrique's people championship main event all um, all checked out for me on this card. And so very grateful um, that I got to, um, you know, hanging out with UNCU to watch it. And so very grateful that I was able to watch like, and just an all-time classic banger of a fight between Glover and Yuri. Um, you know, Valentina got tested again, which made um, me, you know, very, very anti. Um, and then, yeah, we got to see um, that spinning, that beautiful spinning breakfast by Wei Li Zhang. And, you know, everyone else that went out and fought their heart, uh, heart out, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was just such a good fucking card altogether. It was just amazing. It's got me hyped as fuck for... Um, there's a card this weekend, too, between Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett that is going to be a very, very good card as well, uh, at least from right here. And then the... Um, obviously, the next pay-per-view is... I think it's July 2nd, which is Jared Cannonier and Israel Adesanya versus Alex Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. So it's going to be, um, you know, double belts up for grabs again next month, but I'm excited for it. And yeah, I'm just so grateful for this card. You know, no one got hurt. No one didn't make their way, um, at least from my knowledge. So yeah, it's just been a good fight. We called all together. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, first of all, like you said, grateful to be able to get together with you and watch it. Always a fun time. And then, uh, you know, on top of that, uh, with those cards coming up, it always reminds me of that uh, SpongeBob meme where he's like, I need it. Like he needs the water. And so oh, I, right. yeah, I exactly. could not be, yeah, I could not be more pumped for those cards. And uh, Dana's just lining them up, just one packed one after another. I feel like every single time we talk about one of these cards, uh, all we can say is it's packed and it's uh, stacked, but it is. And that's the thing. And even ones that, um, like you were saying, like uh, cards that I really enjoy too is ones that you are unfamiliar with some of the fighters, uh, whether that be on the main card or premiums or whatever, but they uh, go over your expectations and deliver good fights. Because um, I, I was personally unfamiliar with uh, Sun Wu Choi um, and I'd heard of Joshua Kalibau and, and seen highlights before, uh, but I hadn't seen one of his actual fights. And uh, so, yeah, now I'm intimately familiar, at least through this fight with both of those guys. And uh, I now want to go back and they have a new fan in me, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the fun of the sport. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this was a great card. Always fun to talk about it with you, my friend, and watch it with you. Um, and yeah, I think that that is going to probably do it for us today. 
So thank you everyone for listening. This has been the Mile High Fight Show and we'll see you guys next week.